Hey everyone, welcome back again with me, Aisha Hogan, in my podcast, I Got This, and I meaning the universal eye, so some nice big quotes around the eye, um, as we're moving into a new era, a new time, a new quantum leap, a time of evolution, um, there's never been a more important time, where time is still an illusion, but time that we need to remember who we are and what we are and that we are a universal I and that we are not separate and that we are not alone. And I want to talk to you with an, um, I've got another author with me today from bottom to top, that same um, book that I've been talking about in the last few series where we've got 40 collaborative authors where they're sharing their stories, where they hit their bottom and how they got to their top. Now, we're not giving away the chapters, but the main premise behind really interviewing all of these teachers is to let you know that you're not alone. And what you feel, even when you think that no one else could be possibly be going through what you're going through, it may not be the same, but the feelings are. You know, we all go through those feelings. So we want to be able to let you know that we are here for you and give you options and other ways out other than what you might be thinking about. So today I have with me Alicia Medlin. Am I saying that right, Alicia? It's Elisha. Elisha, so totally wrong. Elisha <laughs> Medlin. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you. I should, I should have asked you before we started with my name, Aisha Everybody knows to ask me that because it's yeah. not like it's spelled. So I should have asked you that. So Alicia, thank you for joining us. And thank you for being part of From Bottom to Top. Oh, thank you. It's been a, priv- it's been a privilege. The amazing thing is that I got the, I am privileged because I just put it out there that I wanted to create this collaborative book. And I've just by doing these interviews as well, I'm meeting some really amazing people that I would have not probably had the opportunity to meet Um unless I was supposed to, you know, (laughs) so there you go. So from bottom to top, tell us a little bit, um, Alicia, about where your life is right now. Who are you right now? Well, right now I am a mom of four amazing kiddos. My oldest will be 19 in three weeks. And I have a 16, soon to be 17 year old daughter and a 13 year old and a nine year old daughter. And so, and then I have three bonus kids. So I have a love for, for having children and having them around me and just being able to see them soar and conquer and become the warriors that they were put on this earth to be. So that's pretty awesome. And then um, I am remarried. So I've been married now for three and a half years. And I am married to an amazing man who loves and adores me. I didn't know I could be loved so deeply. So that, that's been pretty amazing. And now in my business, I have just peaked my six-figure income for the first time, which is awesome, and that's exciting, and it has taken me seven years to get to this point, but it has been fun. I'm a public speaker, so I'm on stage quite often. I'm in the process of getting another book published, so things are really moving forward, and I'm excited about it, and my most favorite thing is that I get to help people find the truth of who they are. That's amazing. Now, what is it that you speak about? I actually have several different keynote speaking um, topics, but my favorite one to speak about is how to how to lead from the heart. And that is my 
that's the one I most enjoy because it talks about how to team up with God and how to do it from the heart and to live our divine authenticity. And so um, that's probably one of my favorite things to talk about. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for doing what you do and contributing to the world in the way that you do. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Did you ever think, did you ever think going back and I'm going to ask you about when you hit bottom, but did you ever think when you got there that you would be contributing in the way that you are now? Oh, heavens. No, no. In fact, I didn't even think I would move past that time period in my life. (laughs) So yeah, no, that, that never even crossed my mind. Right. It's amazing how our lives change. And uh, I always think those bottoms, (laughs) it sounds funny, but those bottoms um, (laughs) actually they're like significant moments, like life changing moments. They are. And I really believe that they are the catalyst that launch us to fulfilling our mission and our purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think our purpose is always the ultimate purpose. I mean, we all think that we have, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, and we are interdependent rather than, you know, that there's something outside of us and we all have our own purpose in this world. But I think that we all have the same purpose. We just get to it differently. And, you know, I love that word purpose. It's it's just the road that takes us all to the same place. Yep. I agree. Which is amazing. So how did you know without giving up too much of your, of your chapter, because we definitely want people to read it. But how did you know, what was the danger signs? What was the thing that said to you, I'm in trouble? Well, it's interesting because I really didn't notice a danger sign. I just had made a decision that gave me so much relief. Like I'm going, oh, I I get to get out of this pain. I don't have to be in this pain anymore. And, you know, in that mindset that you're in, when you're at such a low space in your, in your world, you are looking for any way that you possibly can to get out of pain. And for me, that was the decision that I had made. And so it was almost a relief that I didn't have to move forward anymore. And um, it wasn't really something that I saw as dangerous, more of a relief until it got closer to the time. And then it was just like, I I knew I was in a space of helplessness and hopelessness. And I knew that there was no other way to get out of it unless it was through divine inspiration or direction. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. And at the time, how limited did you feel like your options were? Oh, I was so limited. Um, at the time, my husband at, at that time, we were homeless and we were living in the basement of my father and mother-in-law's home, which was unfinished. And, and there was no plan to move further or to, to expand or to progress. And so, and my husband at the time had just pretty much given up on our relationship or anything to do with me. And so I really didn't feel like I had an option. I didn't feel like I had a way out because all the things that I had been taught weren't working. And, and I had been diligently progress or pursuing those things, but the feelings weren't going away. The depression wasn't going away. The fear wasn't going away. The loneliness, the isolation wasn't going away. I mean, I would, I would talk to my friends. I would talk to my parents. I would talk to my church leaders and, 
but nobody really could understand where I was coming from. And so I didn't know how to step out of it. I didn't know how to, to change. I wanted change more than anything, but because I hadn't seen it from the way that I had done it, I just thought that I was a hopeless cause. <laughs> there was just right? no way out. No, I get it. I totally, I, I can totally feel, I can feel it and I get it. Cause I, I've, I've been there. So it's a different situation, but definitely been there. And I think that, you know, the one thing that everybody needs to realize that's listening to this and, and, and to all of the other series or whatever it is you're going through, you're going through in your life right now is you said a couple things there. You said, you know, I did everything that I had been taught to do. Like I, I used all of those things and, you know, myself as well as I'm a, I'm a, I'm a life strategist. So when, when my clients even come to me, they will say things like I I've tried everything, you know, I've tried everything. And the immediate response I get is, and I, and I, because I'm kind of direct and funny, you know, I try to like lighten up the load and I just simply look at them and I say, you're lying. And you always get that. What kind of look back at you? And I say, you're lying because if you tried everything, you would have found your way out. You only tried what you knew how right. to do. Right. And mm-hmm. sometimes what we do is we take all of those, let's call them blocks, right. Of the things that we know how to do and the choices that we know how to make, and we'll do them in a different order. And we expect the, the outcome different to result. be different. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's the same outcome. It doesn't matter how you do it, how you rearrange those blocks it's going to come out the same way. So that just means that you need new blocks. You need mm-hmm. new choices. You need new decisions, new things to play with, new tools, new tools, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think part of getting, rising from your bottom is finding new tools. Well, and I think also just having a glimmer of hope. Um, because for me, that's what it took was a glimmer of hope. I hope that there's a way out because up to that point, I mean, I had lived in a tent with a newborn baby and three other children and no way out living in the basement of my in-laws, no way out and no education. No, you know, I was already working full time. I'm already trying, but it wasn't getting me anywhere. And there, in my perspective, there wasn't hope. There wasn't light at the end of this tunnel. And, and so what I did is I just kept pushing harder and harder and harder to the point where I literally broke because I, I didn't have the capacity and the capability of doing it on my own. And that's the problem that I had was that I was trying to do it by myself. And even though, yes, I was doing all the things that I was taught but there was one thing I wasn't doing, and that was relying on my God, on my Savior, on my Heavenly Father. I wasn't relying on Him. I was trying to use my insights, my knowledge, my know-how to get out of a situation that I physically couldn't do because I'm not the one who put me there. <laughs> you know, I wasn't put there. It was done through other people's actions. And so I couldn't get out on my own. I had to have the help of a higher power. I had to have the assistance uh, and that light that I was unwilling to see before. Cause I'm like, Hey, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then when I couldn't, that's when I was finally able to see the light of like, Oh, well maybe, 
if I do it this way with God, I can get out of this. Well, because you tried something new. You tried something right. new. Right. So exactly. I'm gonna put on I'm gonna put on the coach hat for just a couple of seconds yeah. while I, you know, you that's an amazing, empowering and beautiful story. I love that. And I, and I'm, and I'm going to, and I'm going to suggest that we could take that story and make it a little better. And mm-hmm. because I'm a big, I'm a bit of a wordsmith, right? So I feel like our language is very important in what we say. Yes. So the one thing that you used a lot there was hope mm-hmm. and hope to me, hope, wish, um, those types of words are, um, they're actually negative. Because they make us think that we're, we're looking forward to something, but we, we may or may not get it right. Is we, maybe we're not good enough to have it and hope that somebody brings it like, or wish that somebody brings it because we can't make it happen on our, on our own. So those used to be powerful words for me, but I don't really love them anymore. Mm-hmm. The other word that I use is desire. You had mm-hmm. a desire, right? Yeah. And that that's desire a good word. is I way like that more word. powerful than hope. Yeah, that's um, true. And the other word that you used was trying, mm-hmm. right? You used trying quite a few times. And, you know, when anyone says the word trying to me, I'm already saying, okay, you're not going to do it because trying, think about it this way. When you got married to this lovely man who loves you deeply and the minister or father or preacher said, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? Did you say I'll try? No, because it's a non-committal word. That's true. It is right. It's, I will, you know, I will, I do. Right. So I am, those Mm -hmm. are words that are committed words. They, there is no option. There's no doors out. Right. Exactly. You're fully converted, right? You're fully into it. So that's, that's, that's one thing. So those two things right there would be the only, well, there's one third one, but there's two things where I would say, you know what, that would just make your story that much more powerful because yeah, hope and wish nice fluffy words, but they really, they just don't cut it, you know, and yeah. it's that desire that even wanting, even I used to love wanting. And until I'm, a couple of months ago, I'm like, mm, I don't even know if I like want anymore because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like wanting is something like you're hoping for hope. It shows up like, you know, I really want this, but it's not that I desire it. I'm going to go get it. And you know, that's mine. Yeah. And even nowadays, um, you know, when I talk to my clients and help them move through some of their stuff too, and, and what you're saying is exactly true. And at that time period of where I was, those were the words I was using until I learned differently. But now I don't even use the word desire. I use the word hunger, what yeah, I hunger, hunger for. Because to me, if you want something as much as you need to eat, because we all have to eat right in order to survive. If you want to thrive, it has to be a hunger. It has, because you can desire a chocolate cake and not eat it. True. But if you are hungry for that, you know, that salad or that steak or that chocolate cake and you go for it with craving, hunger. Yeah. I mean, these are the types of words you have to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And we all do this. So, I'm not zeroing in on you on this. We all do it, but I'm throwing it out there for everyone because it's not our fault. We've really been traditionally um, conditioned to speak about source, God, divine father Mm -hmm. as something outside of us. 
And when we look for something outside of us, we feel like we still are being judged and we need to prove something um, Mm -hmm. and that we are separate from. And part of this evolution, this change that we're going through is understanding that, and you know what, churches would kill me for this. And you know, a lot of religions would, would, for what I'm about to say is, but what if I said, you are God, the heavenly father is not something outside of you. You are part of creation, right? So we look for something outside of us that we already are. We're already a part of it and becoming becoming more of it that's the whole reason why we're on this earth is to become and to remember to remember who we are exactly your your divinity the truth of who you are is as divinely designed and that is something that i i thoroughly enjoy teaching and bringing about in my my clients and the people that i work with and the books that i'm writing and all that stuff you know and we say it But when we're talking, we still talk the old way. And it's not, it's just because we're, we're starting to understand it more and more and we get it and we love it and it feels good and it's exactly right. But we've been conditioned through centuries, you know, to speak like it's something outside of us. Well, for me, I actually, I do know that I have a heavenly father and I do know that he is his own being, but I also know that I am a part of him. And he's a part of me. And so therefore, I do have the innate ability to be a goddess and a a divine being. Yes, you do. And therefore, I am a heavenly being, a divine being. But I also do have my heavenly father, who is the father of my spirit. And just as he is the father of your spirit. And so I do know that there Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. our heavenly father. But I also know that I am a part of him. And he is a part of me. And therefore, that's what makes me great. And that's what makes all of us great. Yeah, so we all are limitless. All of us divine divinity. There we go. (laughs) And we (laughs) are without limit. We're all without limit. We've been conditioned to believe that we have limits. And we really don't. I'm not going to say go jump off a building and that you can fly. I'm not talking about that. You still have to follow the laws of the universe. You still have to, you still have to, you know, follow those divine laws. You can't break those, but you can learn how to work within them to create and manifest amazing things in your life. Absolutely. So is that what you would like someone to hopefully, hopefully desire hunger for them to pick up when they read your chapter? Or is there something that you, um, when someone reads your chapter, you would like them to walk away with? Well, as I was writing that, um, cause it, I've wrote this story many times and I have it in my other book as well. And my biggest thing that I want my readers to take away from my chapter and from my story is knowing that we all have our downtime. We all have those moments where we feel broken and we are in the, dis- the grasp of despair. But understanding that you can make it out of it because I literally was on the precipice of death's doorstep and I got out of it because I made a choice. And it's all that's all that's required is a choice. One small decision will change your entire world. Yep. Yep. And it's and we usually, are all capable it's usually of a it. hard decision. You know, it's usually something that feels like it's too hard to do 
or, you know, if it was easy, you would have done it already. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it. If it was easy, you would have done it already. So it's usually something that's going to be hard, but it's going to be well. Well, and I think when we get to that point of darkness, though, we feel like we have no choice. And, and that's the biggest thing I want you to understand is you are always at yeah. choice, no matter what the situation is, no matter how dark, no matter how lonely, no matter if you're trapped in a box, you will always have a choice. It may not be the choices you think you should have, but you always have a choice. And that choice has to do with what's going on inside of your head and your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your favorite favorite tip or strategy that you like to hand out to people and share with my them. favorite one is learning how to give yourself permission that's my biggest and favorite one because i think a lot of the reasons why we fall into the rabbit hole like what i like to call it the the darkness is because we step so far into perfection and we try to get so many people's approval or we run from disapproval and we're always in this space of needing to do and be better. And I actually have an ebook that's called permission granted, and it teaches you how to give yourself permission in all things and to stop having people tell you what to do and get them out of the authority seat so that you can take ownership of your life and become a steward of amazing things. That's a great message. That is a great message. And thank you for sharing that. And it's true because we look for, we look for authority or sorry, we look for approval or validation from other people who have lived other experiences and other lives and other don't have anything to do with what you're doing right now and what your path and what your journey is, is different than everybody else's and how you're going to get there. So, you know, you got to make decisions for you, regardless of what other people may want to say about it because there will always be people who want to say something about it (laughs) and we always have I think every one of us has the fault finder in our lives that will find fault with every single thing that you ever say so (laughs) (laughs) so we always have that person and that can even be within yourself so be aware of that as well absolutely Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and your strategies and your tips and your story. You know, I'm really look forward to, you know, everyone reading your story as well as the other stories. I really feel like from bottom to top is going to be like one of those Oracle books where people just kind of open it. It's 40 chapters, right? So you may not read it, read it from cover to cover, but you may just open it and say, this is the story that I need to read today. This is the one that's got the message for me. Yes. I sure do hope so too. That'll be amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you all so much and see you all soon. And back at I Got This. Bye now. 